everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Three Levels podcast, where we dive deep into fascinating topics and concepts in three levels of depth and complexity. We're all about exploring interesting, fun, but often overlooked subjects together, and adding depth to the intriguing and ever-changing world that we live in. Today, we are talking about animal shelters. We will cover everything from the no-kill shelters to understanding the sheltering environment from both the animals' and humans' perspective. We will also explore ways to increase adoption rates and decrease the unnecessary kill rate. So recently, I started volunteering at a local animal shelter. I'm relatively new to the area, but had always heard about this place. They do a lot of dog-related stuff. I remember taking my own dog Nemo there once to watch a dog agility competition. The first time I set foot inside the shelter was to donate my dog's old crate and playpen. I also registered my dog with the county while I was there because they provide the service. The volunteers encouraged me to tour the place afterwards. So I checked out the dog kennels, the separate room for cats, a washing area, and a small but compact pet shop. While walking in a dog kennel area and looking at all dogs that are available for adoption, I spotted one that looked just like my own dog. That moment really hit me, so I decided to sign up as a volunteer on my way out. The monthly commitment for volunteering isn't too crazy. The shelter only asks for an eight-hour-per-month commitment over a six-month period, plus an additional six-hour during busy times. Before getting started, I went through a background check, a six-hour online training session that talks about how to foster an appropriate mindset, how to be polite, considerate when communicating in animal shelter, with both the animals and the people dropping them off. The training also taught me how to. Observe animals' behavior and frustration level, and how to minimize that. In addition to online training, I did a five-hour in-person training that covered topics like how to carry and transport an animal, how to provide routine exams, daily care, and enrichment activity, as well as how to remain calm, confident, considerate, and assertive throughout the day without being emotionally affected, because. Hey, even for the best animal shelters out there, the sheltering environment can still be highly unnatural and stressful for animals, and those emotions are contagious to humans too. All right, let's talk about animal shelters and explore them in three levels of depth. We'll start with level one, the basics. What exactly are animal shelters, and what do they do? While their name gives us a clue, these shelters actually serve a much greater purpose than just facilitating adoptions. They care for animals in various situations and serve multiple functions. First, we have court-ordered cases. Some animals end up in shelters due to legal proceedings involving animal cruelty or neglect. These shelters provide a temporary housing for these animals during the entire legal processes. Next, we have the lost and found aspect. Shelters act as central hubs for lost or stray animals. If you lost a pet or come across a stray wandering without a visible owner, you typically report it to the shelter. These animals receive proper care, including medical attention and temporary housing. 
while the shelter endeavors to locate their original owners or find them forever new homes. Medical care is another crucial service provided by shelters. They often offer comprehensive medical exam to ensure the well-being of the animals. This includes essential vaccinations, necessary treatment, and spaying and neutering exams. In times of natural disasters or emergencies, shelters step up to provide temporary care and shelter for animals affected by those unfortunate events. They collaborate closely with rescue organizations and local authorities to ensure the safety and well-being of animals in crisis situations. There are different types of shelter based on their intake policies. We have open admission shelters that accept all animals that come to them. They don't discriminate against their health, age, breed, and potential behaviors. There are also limited admission shelters which exercise a bit more selectivity. They often prioritize certain types of breed of animal so they can tailor to their specific needs, and they also work closely with rescue organization. Also, there are sanctuary shelters. These establishments provide lifelong care for animals with special needs, typically elderly animal and those with health issues that make them less likely to be adopted. They create a safe and nurturing environment where these animals can live out their life with proper care. Lastly, we have the no-kill shelter. Name might be misleading. No kill doesn't mean they don't kill any animals. Shelter that can be labeled as no kill means they strike for a save rate of ninety percent or higher. No kill shelters try to save as many animals as possible through adoption, fostering, medical assistance, behavior rehabilitation, and the partnership with rescue organization. Euthanasia is considered only in severe cases of untreatable illness or aggression that cannot be solved. Level two, understanding animal shelter from both the animals and humans' perspective is crucial for creating a compassionate and effective environment. When a stray dog enters a shelter, he has likely experienced the stress of capture and confinement during transport. Dogs surrendered by their owners face the loss of familiar social partners. In either case, the shelter environment is unfamiliar, filled with contagious barking and potential aggression, creating a loud and threatening atmosphere. Unpredictable events and loss of control over daily routines contribute to a higher level of stress and anxiety in dogs. Feral cats, born and raised in the wild or abandoned, perceive shelters differently. For these cats, the shelter represents a sudden disruption of their familiar territory and routines, confined to a small space with unfamiliar sights, sound, and smells. They experience significant stress and anxiety due to the lack of socialization with human. Feral cats tend to be highly cautious and may exhibit a defensive behavior. They view humans as potential threats and often try to hide or flee when approached by people. This response is a natural instinct, as they are not accustomed to human interaction and perceive it as a potential danger. From a human's perspective, shelter workers face significant challenges. Experiencing stress and fatigue while handling animals in stress. However, 
Research shows that the positive impact of human interactions on shorter animals, petting, walking, even passive interactions, can reduce fear-related behaviors in animals. This highlights the importance of socialization, attention, and positive experience improving shorter animals' welfare. Responsible shelters prioritize the animals' well-being and follow ethical guidelines. They ensure proper animal care, providing appropriate housing, nutrition, water, and veterinarian care. They also use gentle and considerate approach, such as positive reinforcement and the three try and three second rules for dog, and two tries and two second rules for cat, which refers to the maximum number of tries and length of time when you attempt to work with the anxious animal, but unsuccessful. This handling concept are employed to minimize stress and allow animals space and control during interactions. Responsible shelters also conduct behavior assessment to understand individuals' needs and preferences, developing enrichment program for mental stimulation, socialization, and tailored activity. They also provide opportunity to engage with the community. Shelters raise awareness about animals' welfare, promote responsible pet ownership, and offer educational program to increase the chances of finding home for shelter animals. While shelters make every effort to find home for animals, they acknowledge that euthanasia may be necessary in cases of alleviated suffering or threats to the public safety. Euthanasia is conducted humanely as last resort. Level three: How to increase the adoption rate at animal shelter? We know shelter is stressful for animal. To increase the adoption rates and decrease kill rate at animal shelters, it's important to keep animal stay in shelters as short as they can by having foster care or collaborating with rescue organization. One study has shown positive out-of-kennel interactions between dogs and potential adopters, such as the dog spends time laying in proximity to the adopter and not ignoring play initiations by the adopter, could increase the likelihood of adoption. Animal shelter can work towards creating an environment that minimizes stress and encourages natural behavior for animals. Providing opportunity for out-of-kennel interactions, such as playtime in open area, allow dogs to showcase their true personalities. These training programs can be implemented to specifically target positive interactions between adopters and animals, promoting bonding and improving adoption experience and success rate. Secondly, reduced animals' intake rate can also prevent shelter overpopulation and high kill rate. One way is to implement the capture, neuter, and release program. The capture, neuter, and release program have proven effective in managing feral cats population. These programs involve capturing and neutering a significant percentage of estimated community cats in specific area. Followed by returning them to their neighborhood or offering them for adoption, studies have shown that areas with successful capture, neuter, and release program experience lower shelter cats intake and euthanasia rate compared to non-target areas. This approach helps control the population while reducing the burden on animal shelters. In addition. 
Better profile pictures can make adoption easier for animals too. High quality and appealing photos that showcase the animal's personality and features can attract potential adopters and create a positive first impression, increasing the likelihood of adoption. Well-lit images that capture the animal's unique characteristic can help potential adopters connect emotionally and envision the animal as part of their family. One last point on breed-specific consideration: It's important to address breed-related bias that may affect the adoption of certain breeds, such as the pit bull type of dog. Research has shown that breed labels that can influence potential adopters' perceptions and attractiveness towards dogs. Removing breed labels from kennel cards and online adoption profile has been associated with increased adoptions and reduced length of stay for all breed groups, especially pit bull type dog. Instead of relying solely on breed information, shelter can focus on implementing validated behavior assessment to inform potential adopters about the individual dog's behavior and temperament. All right, that's all for today. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye.